Wing Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Welcome to episode 289. This holiday season is one we've been, (laughs) we have so much to celebrate, especially since the pandemic is subsiding. In most of the world, businesses are opening, and we're all ready to get out and enjoy the world again. This also means more of us are in the air in both the general aviation world and the airline world. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss how to prepare ourselves for a safe and fun holiday season. Kind of like doing a pre-flight for the holiday season. Let's do the pre-flight. You know, quick note before we get started. Our sponsor of this podcast is AviationCareersPodcast.com and the Pay It Forward program. You know, in the Pay It Forward program, people get money so that other people get get free scholarships guides. That's a guide that has over $120 million in scholarships for all different types of ratings. You can find out more if you want a free guide at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. Now entering cruise flight. Well, like I said, today we're going to discuss how to pre-flight for a safe and fun holiday season. And today joining me is a flight instructor and aviation attorney, Chris Pazala. Hey, Chris, how's it going, man? Good, Carl. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful, and uh, I'm excited about this show because we're going to talk a little bit about the holiday season and more from you know a general aviation standpoint, but a lot of our listeners, of course, do fly for the airlines and also are involved in general aviation. So uh, let's get into it as far as you know what we're going to do as far as flying is concerned, and why we actually put this show together. Uh, For those that uh, don't know, I'm actually in, I've been bouncing back and forth between the Northeast and Florida. I'm moving my base up into the New York area, actually Newark, New Jersey. So I am recording today from uh, Basking Ridge, New Jersey, and used to be an airport here. But the closest airport to me is actually uh, Somerset Airport. I also fly a lot out of Solberg and Morristown Airport. You know, Chris, I forgot to ask you, um, as far as today, where where are you in your aviation adventure today? <laughs> well, today I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, I had to stop by my employer's headquarters uh, earlier today. And so uh, later uh, this week, actually tomorrow, I will be off to Anchorage where it is now snowing. So I've got the big coat out and I'm once again reminded why I live in Florida. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. As a matter of fact, that's interesting is that brings us up to this point of uh, why we're doing this, the pre-flight for a safe and fun holidays flying season. Uh, and so let's kick this off with, you know, the reason I, I like to do this show and I really want to start doing this every year uh, is because of the fact that during the holiday season, we wind up traveling a lot. And when we're traveling, sometimes during the holidays, and amazingly enough, it's a fun time of year, but we become a little bit more pressured sometimes to go fly. We take some risks sometimes that we shouldn't. And I was reminded of that a few years back at Bartow Airport. There was a uh, 
a local pilot who wound up crashing. Uh, and that was during a morning where the, it was so foggy. As a matter of fact, they, the person that was flying had asked to get the aircraft towed out so that they could go flying. And they really wanted to go flying because they wanted to go down and visit family in Key West and that type of thing. Uh, and it was really sad because not only was he killed in that crash, but he also took with him uh, family members and also friends and people from the community. So that that's what really kind of spurred me on to this. Uh, let's remind ourselves during the holiday season to, to kind of take a safety time out, slow down, and, and start thinking about what we're doing so that we keep our family and friends safe during the holiday tra- travel season. So that that one thing actually was one of the biggies that that really brought me to this, you know, why we're doing this this show right now. And uh and I, I as a matter of fact, by the way, I have a link to that to that actual crash that happened and, and the NTSB report that came with that. Um but we're going to avoid that by doing this show uh and try to avoid that from happening with a lot of other people. So let's talk a little bit more about your holiday season and preparing both your plane, yourself, and uh, also what you should do uh, during the holiday season if you get yourself in a little bit of trouble, because sometimes that does happen. Uh, So, Chris, uh, as far as uh, looking at the holiday season, I was kind of curious. I know I've had a couple of different bad experiences during the holidays, because this is a lot of times when people start flying and maybe taking some risks uh, that they shouldn't. But uh, anything you wanted to add as far as you know, other reasons that you might be motivated to want to help people during this holiday season? Uh, Well, first, you make a good point there, Carl. I think that's one of the biggest risks we see operating aircraft this time of year is the pressure. Uh, We've promised the family we're going to be somewhere. We've promised people we're going to take them. So um, a couple ways that I deal with that. One is if I'm going to be traveling with a general aviation plane, such as the one I own, I will usually go a day or two in advance Uh, or have a contingency plan in case I can't get there. Either I'm going to rent a car or accept the fact that I might be a day late to an event. Uh, The other option is to fly commercial. Uh, Anytime I've absolutely got to be somewhere, I will fly commercial. Um, I know that takes some of the fun out of it, but it also takes a lot of the stress out of getting where you need to go. And if you're dealing with things like luggage and relatives and maybe you've got the family, sometimes it's easier just to buy the plane tickets. Wow, I wholeheartedly agree with that. We're going to talk a little bit of that more as far as uh, you know, making alternative plans, and that's that's quite important. You bring up a, a good point, and so let's move into the whole part of preparing for this holiday season. And in doing that, we want to prepare. Let's start with the airplane first. Let's prepare our plane for the holiday season. You know, you have to know your limits, right, during the holiday season, but you also have to know your airplane's limits. So. One of those limits is icing. Remember, now it's getting colder. And I know a lot of us fly in Florida, and we don't sometimes think about icing. But but remember, an airplane can go far, and it can go there fast. And you can get up to North Florida and experience icing in North Florida very easily. As a matter of fact, one year, I had to actually de-ice in northern Florida. And it hardly ever snows, but some flurries came down. Uh, Also, you could have frost in the morning. So those are things we have to think about. But in knowing your limits, I know uh, this also reminded me of a case where, uh, and I will also put links in the show notes to this one case that I'm going to talk about. It was uh, flying over actually where I grew up in near Marstown Airport, Marstown, New Jersey. It was a a pilot, uh, had a a Pilatus and wound up uh, getting into icing. And I remember I was flying in the jet. So 
um, you know, getting out of the icing was a lot easier for me to do. And also, uh, I was sitting there thinking to myself, you know, what is a small plane doing in this this type of weather? Unfortunately, later on, I found out that that same pilot that I was listening to on the radio discussing the icing and trying to avoid the icing or get out of the icing wound up crashing on the highway actually near where I grew up. Uh, and this this also made me realize that, you know, we need to take into consideration our plane and the limitations on our plane and our also obviously our limitations, but uh, in the icing side of, of the world. Uh, flight into known icing, no, you don't want to do that, especially if if your aircraft isn't equipped for flight into known icing. But even if it is, it, you know, on the airline level even, I mean, we try to get out of it. I mean, we, we just don't want to be in that icing. So understand the limits of the aircraft that you have. And this comes into play, especially with those people that go from an aircraft that is equipped, well-equipped with de-icing and anti-icing equipment. And that's, and they use that say at work. And then they jump into their smaller aircraft to go fly for a hobby. And also people that are maybe used to flying in a, a bigger airplane for work, but then they also have a personal plane, a little bit smaller that can't quite take that or, or can't quite fly in those different icing conditions. So I know I've kind of scared myself a little bit in icing conditions or, or was woken up to the fact that uh, it can happen fast. It can accrete very quickly. And it's very difficult to predict. It's really uh, good to hear other people report icing and find out higher-ups for icing. In this one case in New Jersey, and then I'll let uh, Chris comment, uh, one of the things that I, I did notice is when I was coming in, I didn't feel from my experience, the icing would be as bad as it was. So, and I've flown in icing for so many years. So it just shows you, we really don't know how, we can't really predict icing, just like we can't really predict weather. We can get a general idea. So it is always good to err on the more conservative side. So Chris, as far as getting ready for the holiday season, you just talked about flying in Florida and living in Florida. Uh, How do you prepare yourself and your plane uh, for the holiday season, especially when it comes to icing? Uh, well, fortunately, living in Florida, um, I don't see that as much. But a few years ago, I had to ferry the plane uh, back from an annual inspection that I did in uh, December or January timeframe uh, out in the Midwest. And I did actually encounter ice. Uh, so one of the things you want to do if you're going to be encountering ice in an aircraft that's not equipped uh, to remove the ice is to always have an exit strategy. In my case, the cloud bases were only at 5,000. So I was able to descend out of the clouds. I was on an IFR flight plan, but I was able to descend low enough on the flight plan to exit the ice in conditions. And that uh, stopped them from um, collecting on the aircraft, and eventually it actually cleared off the aircraft. So you always want to have an exit strategy, whether it's to descend, uh, climb in some cases, or um, be able to divert into an airport. Because once you start picking up ice, it can happen very, very quickly. As for the airplane itself, um, I don't make a lot of changes in the winter other than um, sometimes I go to a, a different oil, a lighter weight oil, so that it'll warm up a little bit quicker on the ground. But um, otherwise, the aircraft's pretty much in its usual state. Interesting. Yeah, it's, that's um, <laughs> and it depends also on where you are uh, as far as getting ready for the icing and that type of thing. Uh, I One of the things that I do in New Jersey and uh, we've done with certain aircraft is, you know, preheat the engine and preheating an engine. I'm not going to go into what you should do because I tell you what, you really need to understand the preheater you're using. 
for the engine and what type it is. And the different types of preheaters can include, you know, hot air. Uh, they can include, uh, you know, resistance. In other words, uh, a plug-in heater. And there's the, the thing you have to know, there's different recommendations as far as those different heaters out there. And the one thing I really would suggest is understand yours and understand how you need to go about getting your airplane ready for the icing, not just in the air, but also on the ground. And, you know, I always go back to the story where I, I sat out there, I was de-icing the airplane, the 172, and all my friends are looking at me. Now, remember, I was living in Florida, previous to this, and, and everybody's looking at me like, what's this guy doing, you know? And I, I realized what they were doing. They were sitting on a ramp kind of laughing at me because all they did was wait for the sun to come up enough to beat down on the aircraft and melt away ice and i was working so hard that i could have just let that happen and and uh and they and just dried off the wings and and got out of there but another thing that happens too when you have the ice melts it also can melt and then as we climb it can freeze and i've had that happen with a trim tab where some of the ice went back and froze on the trim tab on the aircraft and uh, that was a little bit difficult trying to <laughs> trying to continue that flight so why not make it a shorter flight uh, you know, how to keep pressure on the controls. Luckily, after a while, it did, did come loose. Um, but those are the kind of things we have to think about, not just in the air, the icing, the de-icing equipment, the anti-ice, but on the ground. And then what happens with the water after we, you know, de-ice? One, one way that's great, I think, is keep your aircraft hangered and keep it dry. And that makes life a lot easier. Um, but one caution again there is that when you bring the aircraft into the hangar after a flight, all the precipitation that might be on the aircraft, water, et cetera, can freeze and then melt, freeze again in the hangar overnight. So be careful. So be careful in you know making sure your controls are proper and correct, and also you don't have any ice in the aircraft, and you understand uh, what kind of anti-ice and de-ice systems you have on your aircraft. You know, even a 172 has an anti-ice system uh, and, uh, you know, pedo heat, et cetera. So one of the things we need to look at is, you know, what we need to, what our aircraft has in the aircraft and how do we use it, that type of thing. Another thing I, I think is important during the holiday season in preparing your plane is for high altitude. And people think, well, that's preparing myself. Well, it's also preparing the aircraft. And the aircraft means that do you have oxygen so that you can fly at a higher altitude? And why does this happen? And this happens because many times when we get caught in icing, unknown, you know, or unforecast icing, one of the things we can do is climb to a cooler temperature to get out of the icing or climb above a layer, that type of thing. Sometimes that puts us at an altitude where we are required to have supplemental oxygen. So make sure that if you are, are going to use that as a margin, you do have that supplemental oxygen. And as aviators breathing oxygen, and it is used in the aircraft and designed to be used in that aircraft that you you have some of these are portable, but just understand how yours works, because almost every oxygen system I use has something a little bit different about it. Well, there's generalities, but know exactly how your aircraft uh, or your oxygen system works. And to do that, you really need to go out there and, and use this, you know, the manuals and that type of thing. Um, Chris, I was wondering, have you been? Uh, have you ever used supplemental oxygen, by the way, in a uh, small aircraft? I've only done it the one time. I was uh, fortunate last year to be invited to go on a surveying trip, uh, a surveying flight with one of those companies that does the aerial photography. And uh, what I can say about the oxygen is that if you've never used it before, 
make sure you get some guidance on how to use it and give it a test run at a lower altitude before you actually need to rely on that. So uh, be be ready to test that out at six or 7,000 feet, make sure it's flowing, that you know how to use it. Uh, and that way, the day you need it, it's ready to go. Yeah, that's some great advice. And, you know, make sure that obviously you can use that system. You know, some people that have issues uh, like myself and uh, breathing through their nose and, uh, you know, I, I may not be able to use it as well as some other people. So that's that's really important just because possibly you have, you know, something wrong with with the way that you breathe or, or your nose or something like that. And it happens to a lot of people, you know. So it's something you really need to, to look at. Again, that was great advice as far as, you know, pre-flighting it. Work, make sure it works at a lower altitude than use that at a higher altitude. Also, um, you might want to get out there with somebody who has a little bit of experience in oxygen and using oxygen and ask them uh, what they do. Sometimes it's not an airline pilot because a lot of times we don't ever use the, the supplemental oxygen. It's pretty easy. It's always, you know, we got a pressurization system. It's right next to us. We just make sure that it works. Um, but, uh, but the system is actually fairly simple there. Now, with that said, um, even those in the different airliners that I've flown are all different. So if you're someone who's going from your small airplane to your airline as a hobbyist, make sure that when you're pre-flighting both of them, stay safe and try to remember how do I properly pre-flight uh, my aircraft, my personal aircraft, pre- uh, oxygen, and also the one that needs for work. So those are the things that I do as far as uh, oxygen is concerned and, and high altitude uh, and preparing my airplane. Chris, do you have any other uh, things that you do to prepare the aircraft for the holiday season? Well, um, as we move into winter, uh, we're going to be very tempted to turn on the cabin heat. Um, I know being a Floridian, I certainly am. So uh, one of the things we want to be watching for is carbon monoxide, especially those of us that live in Florida. We don't use the cabin heat very often. So it makes sense to always have a carbon monoxide detector. Um, I used to use the five or six dollar ones that you could put into the cockpit. Those work fine, but now I'm actually using a digital one. I have a Sentry unit, which provides uh, GPS and ADS-B in, but it also gives me uh, a carbon monoxide reading as well. So it makes sense to have some kind of a carbon monoxide detection. Obviously, if you do get a carbon monoxide leak, you're going to want to air out the aircraft and then uh, consider landing, and in the meantime, move to a lower altitude. Uh, so you're not having to deal with more than one type of hypoxia at the same time. Idea. I mean, that's something that uh, I I kind of wish I thought of there. But and also, I assume we always have that. But that's a good idea to to, to look at that. But uh, also, you can actually uh, val- you can look at what you have as far as oxygen in your body. Um, and there's just a small device that actually will measure the amount of oxygen and the oxygen uh, in your body as far as concentration. It's just a, something you slip over your finger. A lot of times you go to the doctor and you see them using that device. Uh, so you can get one of those and uh, and find out if your oxygen concentration in your body is good uh, just by monitoring that every so often. Um, and they're pretty inexpensive devices, something you can pick up. Well, Chris, that's uh, some good stuff as far as the airplane's concerned. Why don't we move on to preparing yourself for the holiday season, how to pre-flight yourself. Um, I guess really the biggest thing is to start off, remind yourself of safety first, and you might want to take a safety timeout. What does that mean? Hey, it's it's one of those things where you just call timeout and say, wait a minute, I'm not sure this is safe. Let's stop for a second or maybe a minute. Sometimes it's best to, uh, to start a clock and just let it count down for a minute. It allows you to think about what you're about to do and, uh, and the situation you're in. If you feel rushed, that's when you take a safety timeout. If you're not rushed, uh, just 
sit there and, and review and reflect on what could make this a safer flight in general. And one of the things that we can do well before the season is look at getting yourself more proficient in instrument flying. Because, you know, when we move into the winter season, many times the actual visibility and also primarily the, the clouds are a lot lower, meaning the ceilings are lower. So we want to be a little more proficient in our instrument flying. You might be doing your approaches to 1,000 feet in the summer, maybe 3,000 feet in the summer. Uh, now in the winter, you're doing them down to minimums. And now we have to remind ourselves as to what we need to do as far as how to fly the approach, how to set up the approach, also how to use the equipment in our aircraft, but also what to do once we get to the point where we have to make a decision to either go around or to land and then continually make those decisions until we're actually parked at the gate. And um, and one of the things that I feel, and I think, you know, Chris, you, you actually touched on this earlier, is try to remove the pressures to fly and have an option to fly to your destination or to get to your destination, not necessarily fly to your destination. Maybe it's a, a four-hour drive. You may wind up not even <laughs> buying an airline ticket. You may just jump in a car and go there. But removing that pressure of having to fly there is really, really helpful. Also, what I do to help me when I'm actually transporting somebody in a smaller airplane is I say to them, listen, you know, this flight may or may not go depending on the weather and depending on the airplane. And quite honestly, if you look at the airlines, you know, that happens at the airlines too. I mean, I, I don't know I'm at my destination until I'm there. And I've always said that, you know, you never know what's going to happen en route. You may not make it. I diverted the other day clear blue sky and had to divert because this one thunderstorm wound up right over the airport. We had a hole for a really long time. It was the only thunderstorm around over the airport I wanted to land at. So you just, you don't know. So you have to make sure you have contingency plans and don't pressure yourself into getting there. Just make sure that, hey, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I always have an option. And to And what I do to help myself psychologically is while I'm flying to that destination, I always have an airport where I can land in mind. And, and it's not just a piece of pavement. I'm thinking about the entire airport and that helps remove the pressure from me. What do I mean by that? Does it have the facilities I want? Is it open? Have I looked into it? Uh, maybe as I'm flying along and I have free time, I'm not doing anything. I'm, well, you know, 45 minutes straight and level. Maybe I'll look into, hey, what's open there? Maybe I can stop in and catering or maybe go to a local restaurant, that type of thing. So those are the kind of ways we can help ourselves remove that pressure from getting there. But also on the other end, make sure you remove the pressure by telling the people that you're coming to see, not just your passengers, the people you're going to see, that, hey, we may not make it on time. We're going to try to. Um, obviously, if you're the type of person that owns a, a personal jet, your dispatch reliability is usually much higher and you can get through a lot of weather. But for those of us who have, you know, piston aircraft and fly low and in the weather, we may not make it there at the time that we think we will. We may have to wait for the front to go through. Like right now, I'm looking out the window this morning. It was incredibly low IFR and now it's clear blue. So if I was flying today, I would tell them, listen, my the people I'm coming to see, I'm not going to get there till maybe this afternoon sometime. Uh, so, so let's just kind of change our plans and just understand that. Uh, and also, obviously, understanding weather forecast is very, very, very important this time of year so that you can plan, but also plan to remove even some of those pressures by saying to your 
friends and family, hey, listen, we may or may not make it to our destination. So those are kind of some of the, some of the things that I do, you know, and reminding myself of safety first, become instrument uh, proficient. If you're not instrument proficient or you don't have an IFR rating, then, you know, make sure you understand the weather and understand how to get around the weather and understand that you may not get there at the specific time. I'm curious, um, Chris, what is, what is it you do to prepare yourself uh, for, or what do you tell your students uh, to do to prepare for this holiday season that them as pilots? Well, you know, uh, first of all, I like I like to think that a trip to a duty-free store is a great way to get ready for the holidays because if you like your in-laws, you can buy them gifts. If you don't like your in-laws, you can get yourself booze. Um, <laughs> no, I, I kid, obviously. It's, a, it's the holiday season, and so uh, the thing that I, I caution most folks is that um, alcohol does get consumed, and that's a holiday thing. Uh, but we just have to be careful that uh, we're not having uh, negative occurrences with alcohol. Thing, you know, fighting with relatives, public intoxication incidents, or uh, driving under the influence. Because these are the kinds of things that will last much, much longer than the holidays. And those are things that are really important to think about because it affects us as pilots. But, you know, if you're flying professionally or, or for fun, um, because that can really ruin your day and, and uh, ruin your, your ability to get a license or move forward. Um, and one of the things too, just to go along with that is just remember everybody reacts differently. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not a teetotaler by any means, um, but I really realize, you know, what my limits are and what I can and cannot do and what I can and cannot have. Uh, so I try to err on, you know, the side of real conservancy and just say, Hey, listen, maybe I won't have any alcohol for 24 hours. I know it says eight hours, but maybe 24 hours will help. Or if I'm going to have, you know, something, uh, a toast or something, that's not a big deal, but let's maybe have one or two and that's it, you know, and, and end it there. But there is the, this really, it, it's tough. I mean, because you're sitting there and like, oh, let's do this. Hey, let's try Did you try this drink? It's like, oh, man. Uh, so one of the things we really have to do is be careful of that. And, of course, uh, if you do find yourself obviously in trouble with that uh, and you need help, obviously there's a, uh, the finding an aviation attorney like Chris Pazala with the Strumer Law uh, and, and ask them, hey, listen, how can you help me during this, this season? This actually happens a lot during the holiday season. I always hate to bring this up, uh, but it is something we do need to, to think about uh, because of the fact that we do wind up being more festive. And by being more festive, sometimes we, we overindulge. And uh, we just have to remember, you know, what are we going to do? What's our limit? If you can prepare yourself for that limit before you get there, I think that helps. In other words, how do I do that? Find out if Uber is available in the area. And if it's available, go ahead and, and arrange that. If there's no Uber where you are or any of those driving services, a cab, if there's no cab, <laughs> bring yourself a, a, a sleeping bag and ask them if you can sleep on the floor, that type of thing. Uh, but that, that's incredibly important. Uh, and it's not just the overindulgence on the, uh, you know, the alcohol, and that type of thing, overeating, Lack of sleep, you know, though, all those things, the I am safe checklist, you really have to look at that checklist and say to yourself, you know, am I, am I safe? Uh, am I suffering from anything? You know, like an illness, you know, the I am safe, the illness. If I, am I taking medication because it's that season and is that prescription drug legal? You know, that type of thing. Uh, and if it's non-prescription, is it legal? Also the, the safe part of it, the S, you know, make you, a lot of times we are so, you know, so much under stress it's during this time of the year, just uh, family and being pulled in many different directions. You know, again, taking that 
that time out and say, you know, do we really need this? You know, you sometimes put financial stress on yourself. Uh, and, you know, the other ones, the alcohol, alcohol, have you been drinking? We just talked about that fatigue. Uh, you know, are you tired? Not just tired from lack of sleep, but maybe fatigue from a really hard flight. Uh, and emotions, you know, during the holiday seasons, uh, it can be uh, an emotional roller coaster. So use that I am safe checklist. It's, it's really, really important. Uh, and just remember, there are certain spirits during the holiday that can ruin your day and your whole holiday. So, so try as hard as you can to put those different procedures in place prior to yourself actually going out there, maybe overindulging, not just in the food, but also uh, overindulging on the alcohol side. You know, I, I think that food part of it, too, I, sometimes we don't realize that, you know, by overeating, man, we can, we can get really, really tired and say to ourselves, man, this is not the time I really want to go flying after having a big turkey dinner, et cetera. Um, but yeah, overindulgence definitely during the holidays is, is important, but uh, important to, uh, you know, recognize, I should say. And, you know, and again, stop yourself, take a safety timeout, tell yourself, this is not, we're not going to fly tomorrow. And uh, it's a tough decision, but what we want you to do is continue flying every holiday season after this one. Uh, so by doing that, you will have a long flying life ahead of you. Well, Chris, is there anything else you wanted to add as far as uh, the holiday season and, and maybe how people can prepare themselves, their plane, uh, and anything else you want to say before we close here? Well, I think uh, those are a lot of great uh, points, Carl. And, uh, you know, once again, I we get a lot of calls every year for um, – DUI related arrests uh, happening over the holidays. So, you know, that's just something to be mindful of. Uh, have a designated driver, uh, Uber if Lyft if possible. And if you do get stopped and there's a question about uh, sobriety, uh, make sure you're polite with the police officers, that you comply with the instructions, and absolutely get a breathalyzer test. If there's any question at all, get the breathalyzer test. Uh, if you refuse a breathalyzer test, that it can be very, very difficult to keep your FAA medical after that. So uh, no matter how bad the situation is, get the test done. That way you have on record what the alcohol level was, even if it may be a bit over the limit. All right. And if they have other questions about that, of course, they can reach out to Chris. Chris, where can they find you again? So uh, our website is streamerlaw.com. And uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, hopefully you'll reach out before something happens. But uh, if something does happen, uh, you can find our email addresses and our phone numbers there. Uh, those phone numbers, if it's an emergency, are 24-7. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, since you've been on so much, we're going to put you on the spot, and we're going to move on to the after-landing checklist. And in the after-landing checklist, we also have this Picks of the Week. So we've asked uh, Chris to actually come up with a Pick of the Week, something fun uh, for the holiday season, uh, and just in general, aviation-wise. So, Chris, what uh, what's your – I know I put you on the spot here. What's your Pick of the Week? Oh, no worries. I'll throw a dart at the board here. I think I came up with uh, GA2, Golf Alpha 2. That is the Peach State Airport. Um, I've been there a few times with the Cherokee, and uh, it is a wonderful airport. It's a grass strip. Uh, it's actually got quite a slope to it, so if you're going to visit, make sure you land going south, take off going north. When you see the runway, you'll know what I mean. Uh, but it's, it's a great place to visit. There's a DC-3 that's often there, and the Barnstormer Grill has fantastic food. So it's just south of Atlanta. So if you're anywhere in the Georgia area, it should be pretty easy to get to. And uh, I really, really enjoyed that airport. Now, you said uh, restaurant, and I think that's that's awesome. That's the uh, that uh, aerodrome they have there. They have that uh, little restaurant on the field. I kind of looked it up while you were talking, but 
that looks really, really cool with the DC-3. So I, I would just fly in there just to check that out. Get that $100 hammer. That's awesome. I appreciate that uh, pick of the week there, Chris, and put you on the spot. Um, as far as my pick of the week, of course, we've been talking a lot about safety and the holiday season, and it's going to be something simple. There was a Actually, uh, the FAA put out a briefing a while back. I kind of use it over and over again. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a, a single pilot crew resource management uh, flyer that they did. And uh, it was back in 2015, but a lot of the links still work or have updates as far as the IM safe checklist and things like crew resource management and training and what you should try to go through as far as that's concerned. And crew resource management includes everything, it includes the not just you, but also the other externalities, the things like uh, the air traffic control, the other things external to your aircraft, I should say. So that's something that we really need to look at. And especially during this holiday season, if we find ourselves in trouble, to reach out and get help, but also so we can reflect and make sure that we are safe through that I am safe checklist. And that's actually described within that. So it's uh, the single pilot crew resource management, the FAA link in the show notes at the bottom here. Also, do me a favor if you don't, uh, if you get a chance, go check out our sponsor, aviationcareerspodcast.com. If you're interested, you can help pay it forward by giving money to help people get a scholarships guide for free. That's that scholarships guide is only $10 updated monthly, has over $120 million in scholarships in there. And if you're one of those people that's looking for a scholarship, it's easy to find aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. And a lot of times, there are some extra coupons in there that are given away by various organizations and various sponsors. So we have a whole list of them there. Uh, the supplies are limited. People ask me that. Uh, if I have 10 people, give me you know, $10 each. That's 10 scholarships, guys, that are given away. So uh, so we don't know. I mean, it, it's constantly changing. So go check it out, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. Uh, if you want to give it as a gift, we have a way that you can do that by emailing us uh, that information. But... Most importantly, during this holiday season, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pre-flight your plane and yourself for a safe and fun holiday flying season. And I can't wait to see you out there. Fly safe. We'll talk to you next episode. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.